0: Welcome to the Williams factory, and uh, can I start by saying how excited we are that your company is considering sponsoring the Williams F1 team this year.
1: Well, we're delighted to be here, and uh, can I say, what a professional operation this appears to be.
0: Oh, well, I, I think you'll find we're, we're extremely professional at Williams these days.
1: What was that?
0: What was that? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Just uh, Just the autoclave? The autoclave? Yeah, yeah we, we use that a lot. Very professionally, of course. There it goes again.
1: <laughs> Flipping autoclave. <laughs> right, uh, so uh, what what's this impressive ah, looking ah, machine? That, that, now this, this is the autoclave. This is the autoclave? But the noise is coming from over there.
0: We, uh, we have
1: two autoclaves. Oh. No, the noise seems to be coming from that
0: closet. No, no, it's just the the autoclave. The the other autoclave.
1: Now look here. My company is thinking of spending a lot of money on the Williams F1 team. And this all seems very fishy. Fishy
0: No. No no at all. Totally professional, nothing to
1: worry about. No, look, I'm sorry. That noise is plainly coming from that closet. It's not. It's the autoclave. The
0: extremely professional and sponsor-friendly Williams Team autoclave.
1: I'm not buying this. It's coming from this closet. What the hell is in here? Bloody hell! Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zong. Hello. And he's Richard Porter. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Richard, welcome back.
2: I've just been in that cupboard over there all along. Oh, I thought there was a smell. Yes,
1: well...
0: (laughs) You
2: lost the key or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I tried to keep him... toast under the gap at the bottom. It's been fine.
1: Welcome back. What are you doing on this programme? Why are you here? Tell us.
2: Well, I found myself... In that there London, because I've moved out the year before last. And so I said, what are you doing next week? Should we do a podcast? Because I'm in the area. Brilliant. So here we are. I mean, I am. I'm just staying down in King's Cross, which is not that far from here. So, yeah, thought I'd pop by. See, old school. you've returned it's to... It's so good to see you again. Yeah, it's f- extremely good to see it's, you because again. It's great to be here. It's like I've never been away. Uh, well, it's well, interesting. In cupboard,
1: <laughs> Despite not living in London for uh, 18 months, two years no. now, you, you've you've relearned the language and everything. You can still uh, well, make yourself understood. Because I was
2: saying to you before we started recording, it is weird when you move out of... The big city, how then when you come back, you go, Oh my god, it's so busy, (laughs) and everyone's walking so fast, and there's so many people. Ah, and then you have to sort of click back into London mode, elbows out, don't talk to anyone.
0: Although, to be fair, traffic in certain bits of West London is definitely worse than it was when you left, I think. Is it? it? Uh, 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 Well, so yeah. Yeah, certainly around uh, that whole Hammersmith Bridge closure situation. Oh, yes. Isn't making things any better. That yeah. hasn't got any better. And, uh, yeah, no. an annoying local issue. But
2: okay. <laughs> You don't have ULES in the West Country yet, do you? We don't. I think there are various things being discussed, but right. it's, I, I don't know. Well, so, before I left London the ULES extension came in, I bought a car to make sure I was ULES-compliant, my old Land Rover Defender put it in storage for a bit because it's a diesel, and then went and bought a, a Range Rover because <laughs> of the way the EULAs is done on particulates, it's not CO2, which we're kind of used to because of the car tax thing. So I bought a supercharged Range Rover, of course, and, Why um, you? and that was fine. And that is still, I can tool around in that in London or indeed any other part of the country. But I have bought an electric car again.
1: Have you? What have you got now?
2: Well, I've, I've leased an electric car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've gone to the dark side, my friends.
1: Have uh, you gone Tesla? Tesla. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> have? Okay. Can I guess? Ever got a one-in-three chance of getting it right? I, I think uh, you're a Model
2: X, man, aren't you? Oh, no. <laughs> They're really expensive. Also, left-hand drive only now. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, the big yes. ones, the S and the X. Yes. They're still in production, and they've just been sort of given an update. But left-hand drive only, I guess, because no one here really buys them and... Uh, probably not in Australia and Japan and places, so they've just decided to do left-hand drive. So you Model 3? Uh, up. In Model Y? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Family. Family. Family, family. and yeah. dog, and yeah. I didn't consider myself to be in a position. What happened was I just I realised I was bankrupting myself putting petrol into a big, thirsty car, mm-hmm. and so I thought, you know, because I had that Jag I pace a few years ago, and so I like the idea of an a EV family car, and... I saw there was an offer on Tesla's on a lease thing. And for the first time ever, I went, oh, okay. And then they're very clever at luring you in because they let you take a car away for the night, essentially sort of a 24-hour test drive. And sleep with it. Sleep with it. Oh, God. One of the things my (laughs) wife found this the other day, that you can buy a mattress that fits in the back because you put the seats (laughs) down and because people sleep in them because it has camping mode, where it lets you run the air conditioning or the heating all night as long uh, as there's enough juice in the big battery without a motor. That's running. pretty yeah. good. So this is what that's, Americans that's do. Good. Apparently, yeah. they'll go off into yeah. you know so go, go uh, hiking. Do you, do you have Americans go for a big walk and call yeah. it a hike. Yeah, yeah. And they also will just go camping, which basically seems to be take your Tesla out into a national park and sleep overnight. So
0: how do you now feel about Tesla and well related Elon Musk? or oh, maybe we shouldn't get to Elon Musk. But um, yeah, so, 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 so I what think what he's. Do you think about Tesla?
2: I don't. I don't enjoy him particularly and this is the bit that sticks in my craw and I try and reconcile it by going so this is on a three-year lease deal if you do the maths the amount of money in the total term of that lease that will leave my bank account and go into his bank account is theoretically less than a depreciation on that car okay. <laughs> so I'm getting one over on that line. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. even me. though that
2: presupposes that he's selling the cars for exactly what it costs him to make them uh-huh. there's the flaw in my argument uh-huh. <laughs> however I still feel like I'm up on the deal So I don't enjoy him particularly, but the very clever engineers that he hires to design and make his cars, surprisingly good. Honestly, because I Mm. borrowed it. I thought, I'll just go go and test drive one. And then they said, are you looking to buy right away? And I was like, well, I need to be sure that my dog and my family will fit in. And they went, oh, well, why don't you take one away for the night? So they've immediately kind of suckered you in. And so I took it home. My wife had to drive in it. Got the dog to get in to make sure she can fit. Kids, kids. I went to pick it up for the test drive with my children, and of course they're in the showroom with the display model, messing around with all those gimmicks you can do on the screen with the whoopee cushions and the games. And <laughs> so of course, for a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, it's already the best car in of the world. Course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah surprise so and the, delight features so, well, it, the, the, there's go, a lot of pressure
0: oh. from the kids there as well as, as, well as your own you know, I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't
1: uh, exactly know. it's a big factor yeah, isn't yeah. it Yeah, yeah a, lot, a, a lot. lot of car PR companies are very aware of the influence that children can have on the choice of car that their parents make I've spoken to them about it Yeah, yeah. and mm. with the Model Y you don't get free supercharging from the Tesla yeah, network that's, that's anymore? long gone
2: mm. but what you do get and this was the, the bit that really tipped me over the edge because there's some things I've got going on where it feels like I'm going to be doing a bit more driving and that network that supercharged yep. network it's great my experience of the public charging network generally now where once the problem when we had the jag was unreliability you weren't mm-hmm. sure particularly on motorways that the chargers were going to work mm-hmm. my recent experience is not so much whether they're going to work it's just whether you're going to be able to get on one yeah okay have you yeah. had this as uh, well?
1: yeah it, I think the new grid serve network is great Ooh. and that is expanding it Tremendous rate. But yeah, I have noticed queues and having to wait my moment to get on there. This is my moment. And the Tesla network is equally busy in my experience. I see the Tesla chargers nearby, but they're going to give you a rapid charge pretty
2: quickly. Well, this and is what they're I open discovered.
1: to non-Tesla users too. They some. are. But some, I've used them.
2: Have you? Yeah, yeah, in North so Wales. How do you do that though? You have to register with Tesla and then, how does it recognise your car? Because obviously it's all integrated. If it's you have done it. on the app. Ah. you have to do
1: it via the app and i told the story on the program a while ago but i had a van which i took to north wales one of those uh, Maxus electric vans mm. used the tesla supercharger network in north wales to charge it and it would not accept my details i tried over and over and over again i knew mm. that this charging point was open to non-teslas and the way round it was to re-enter my postcode as a zip code no. from America. And the guy on the phone, Tessa Fairplay, the guy was fantastic. And we had this workaround and as soon as I entered a I used the California nine oh two one oh. That's what I, I do as
2: well. No. Uh, yeah. If I ever want to look up, you know, sometimes you just want to look up details of an American car on the manufacturer's website, but often then it pops up and goes into your zip code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only zip code I can remember off the top of my head is nine one nine eight one eight, As is in, that, in yeah. Beverly Hills. Yeah,
0: My default phone—I I always object to being asked to enter a phone number. Yeah. Onto so if I have to enter a phone, number, I just—I just enter five 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 five. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, the movie phone number, isn't it? Well, you see, yeah, the see the that in one there's no five 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 area code. But I mean, it could be any string of numbers, but I just happened to do 505. I thought
2: you were going to say for UK ones, you'd do 018118055, which was the swap shop phone number.
0: <laughs>
2: and it's a bit weird that I still remember that.
0: <laughs> if I was going to use a genuine UK phone number as a kind of dummy, I would use the phone number from... Uh, red frame, white light by OMD. I mean, I'll it, tell you what it is. What? is it
1: seven, it, it's it's three double nine. Uh, what is it? Oh I,
0: I my gosh! It, I, I can't remember it. Now. Yeah, I you, but I but I would use that phone number because apparently people, yeah, that phone box used to get phone calls just out of the blue because the phone number. Yeah, was, yeah. Right. Was so it's about it, six
1: three seven three double o three. Something it, like that. It's isn't something it? like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Well, so, so anyway, good
2: one. See. Oh, is it still there? I wonder. Uh-oh. Moving on. As an aside, I did a long journey with a mate uh, last week and he has an electric car, he has a Skoda Enyaq. So he's used to public charging and things like that. We had to do a load of miles and I said, we're going to have to stop somewhere to charge, but it's fine, we're going to stop somewhere to grab a bit to eat and stuff. So he was completely down with that because he understands the whole EV experience. We pulled into uh, Hilton Park Services in the Midlands, up to the superchargers, and I just plugged it in and walked off and he went, Is that it? Yeah. Hmm. That's the beauty of it. The car and the charger know who each other are, and there's no, he's like, there's no fighting about what you can't.
1: Nope. You
2: could see him going, oh, oh, okay. And then also, what I've discovered is that the range of a modern EV is. Almost certainly greater than the range of a middle aged man's bladder. Yeah, well, we've done this for a while so It's like there was no, by the time, and they're so bloody fast. This is the other thing is that getting used to how quickly it will charge up. And this, I've only got the inverted commas base model model y which doesn't charge as quickly as the larger battery is ones.
1: it called the unpopular plus well after elon musk <laughs> yes
2: the i was going to say something that's possibly actionable i won't but it's um you can say it on this show bro <laughs> yeah it is actually the i keep seeing them around because the, there's this deal going on but to get the attractive headline price it was base model rear wheel drive and it comes with white paint if you went any other color and they only do like three or four other colors, that costs more. So it sort of negates the headline because it's like another 50 quid a month, which is stupid. So it's just a bog standard white appliance. And I'm seeing them around all over the place now because clearly lots of other people piled in on this offer, which was supposedly expired at the end of December. I rushed into this because they said you have to not only order, but take delivery of your car before the end of December to get this offer. Uh But they've now extended it. So it's currently running, I think, until March. And... I'm seeing so many bog standard white model Ys around the place. Do you side. wave to each other? I know because I was wondering this because I've been part of a waving community before with, with Defender. Hmm. Defender waving is still very much a thing, and I was wondering if Tesla people wave. But I guess they're now they've reached sort of beyond that kind of clique. There's a
0: critical mass beyond yeah. which, you know, waving become... I was a bit too tired. Yeah, it's just... You're just not special enough anymore. No, you're That's not a fair. niche anymore. Well, yeah. you're very much yeah. not.
2: But so if you drive a, a white base model Model Y, it turns out that just over Christmas, because I got the car like two days before Christmas, and then over the Christmas period, I took my kids bowling. We parked next to an identical car in the car park. When we came out again... That had gone, and there was another identical one parked nose-to-nose with. No, it's like, it's really? Just, it's, yeah, wow. it's, it's just mm. like weird kind of, not Groundhog Day, it's almost, it's just as almost as if they've done a tempting offer on a car <sighs> and people are buying it. But, but this
0: is an interesting sort of measure, I guess, of, of success, of popularity. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, that it's gone you know, beyond that point where you're really noticing and waving to other drivers. No, they're, they're everywhere, so...
2: Well, yeah, apparently the Model Y was the best-selling car in the world last year. Is so that right? Which um, is pretty amazing.
1: Model 3 was... Top three in the UK or something? Right yeah. Wow. they.
2: I think the Model Ys are coming in from China for the UK. I wow. think the Model 3s come from the US still. And a boat arrives and then they shunt them out. Because the thing, you said they said order the car. I filled in the paperwork and the car was ready three days later. Wow. Because I said when I ordered, I went, is this from stock? So could yeah. you give me the reg now so I can get insurance? Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, it's not registered yet. We will register it in the next few days. And then by the Friday, it was ready. And I was like, I'm busy on Friday. And on the Saturday, we went. This is the other thing. Sorry to go on about Tesla, because it's not very interesting. No, but but no, the, no. The, the, the showroom experience is quite good. They're very nice, low pressure. Like They don't give you the hard sell. They're just there to answer your questions mm. and to give you the little key card for taking away on a test drive. But then I naively thought you'd then come back to pick up your car. But no, there's a separate delivery center, which mm. for where I live is down at the docks in Bristol. And they've tried to jazz up this area with a sort of smart... Like, it's not quite a porter cabin It's more like kind of one of those glass-sided cubes they'd used as a, a sales centre. Container. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But yeah. they've jazzed it up. It's quite nice. And there's all this sort of black hoarding with logos on and stuff like that. But you cannot get past the fact that you you have to drive through the sort of docklands to get there. And there's all these other compounds full of, like, newly delivered Renaults and stuff. Hmm. And then just sort of scrubby, brownfield sites and stuff. It's not glamorous. It's but, not a very premium experience, if you Plus, know. of course, all the
1: statues in the water the, well, just, of yes, just, There's a constant pipeline in
2: Bristol of them just, yeah, chucking more in the water.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you have got a test, though. I find it increasingly hard to defend Elon Musk's yes. vision these days... But I'm a big fan of the cars, and I'm a bigger fan of the network. But the other electric cars are available. Yes. Hang on. I will come to other electric cars that are available in a moment. Mm. I want to pick you up on something that you said. You talked about getting insurance on your Tesla. Mm. How is the insurance on your mm. Range Rover? Mm.
2: Well, about... how many times has it been stolen? Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't have eyes on it at the moment, so I don't want to tempt fate <laughs> yeah. But some has scratched it. No. But like a keying job. Because oh, on the no. side that's part of the curb. Yeah, they've been doing uh, some, some arseholes done a few of our neighbours' cars oh. as well. I don't know why. Weird. But because I parked on the street because the driver's got other cars on it because I've got too many cars at the moment. But the insurance on the Range Rover is okay. It's up for renewal in March, so I need to get that sold before all hell is unleashed on me by. Direct line or whoever it's with. You know, you've seen this thing about electric car insurance has soared, and particularly Tesla insurance has soared. Because oh, I didn't know that.
1: The... I was talking about Range Rover insurance. I know Range Rovers almost are... impossible to insure a Range Rover. Yeah, right. some... They've
2: got their own scheme yes. now.
1: In, in
0: London, in particular. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it varies a fair bit regionally around yeah. the UK, mm. but certainly in a lot of bits of London, yeah, they're almost uninsurable.
2: Yeah. Well, this has been going on for at least a couple of years because when I still lived in London, One of our neighbors works for a big insurance broker, but they're like kind of high level, like insuring people's yachts and stuff like that. Mm. And she approached me in the street one day when I was getting out of the car. She went, can I ask you a question? We don't generally do cars at my firm, but we have a few high net worth clients who, you know, we're doing their art collection and their yachts and their racehorse or something like that. Mm. And they'll say, can I stick my cars on a policy? And to keep them sweet, we'll go, yeah, okay pop your Veyron hmm. and your Phantom on, on the policy. Oh, we'll, we'll make sure yeah. it's covered. And she said, we've had to now explicitly say we will not cover your Range Rover. Wow. So wow. And that was that was yeah. at least two years ago because so many were being stolen. Hmm. Why is this? Is it because it's vulnerable or more vulnerable than other
1: cars? Or is it because it's desirable and more desirable than other cars? Or is it a
2: combination of both? Do we know? I've had a few conversations about this, because the same question came to my mind. I don't think they're more vulnerable. They're just more desirable. But the reason they're more desirable used to be because they would go into a container and get shipped overseas, and they would be sold on. And I heard a story about a friend of mine lived in a village. Two of his neighbours had Range Rover Sports. One, his sport kept getting stolen. The other guy didn't get touched. They finally, one of the police people who was investigating this said... Next time you order a new Range Rover Sport, the guy who's kept getting pinched, don't specify the sunroof. Have it deleted if it's standard, because that car will only just fit in a shipping container, hmm. and so they need to get out somehow when they've driven it in. Ah, and you need to get if out. If you the have sunroof. a sunroof, they can get out. If they see your car hasn't got a sunroof, that's no use to them. Wow, they'd have to—they couldn't be able to—they not be able to get out. So that's—you've yeah. effectively theft-proofed your wow. car from the gangs that are putting them into containers. However, mm. the more recent reason why they're getting stolen is. And this is sort of based on hearsay and talking to a couple of people, but seems to be based on the fact that Land Rover parts are incredibly expensive. Huh. To the point where some insurers now will not cover you to have your damaged Range Rover repaired with original parts from the dealer. They will say you need to get cheaper or second hand parts. So there is a huge market in used, decent quality Range Rover parts to repair crash-damaged cars and so on. And that means there's a lot of value in a Range Rover being pinched and immediately broken up for bits. Mm, And that is driving at least some of it.
1: Hey, you know what? We've got to stop the boats. We've got to stop the boats stealing our Range Rovers (laughs) and taking them away. Stop the boats. Good British cars. Leave them alone. Good British cars leaving over here, (laughs) going over there, (laughs)
2: repairing other vehicles. It's not on, is it? Did you hear, again, this is sort of anecdotal evidence, that Land Rover, to try and, Combat this, launched their own insurance scheme. Mm. But some people with Range Rovers are being turned down by Land Rover's own insurance scheme. Oh, oh, wow. Because you live in Bristol, near well, a block. Possibly, yeah, yeah. where they could just go, sorry, I thought your car was a statue. I've thrown it in the water. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, uh, I think my Range Rover, because it's a, an L322, so it's two generations old, is sort of not the most desirable for the thieves. They're looking for sort of the more recent ones.
0: But isn't there also, I mean, a factor in this? I'm not sure how much this affects, you know, Land Rovers and Range Rovers as opposed to other vehicles. But a big factor driving, I think, the increase in car thefts in the UK in the last couple of years—they have been increasing significantly. I think it was, you know, more than fifty percent year on year a couple of years ago, and about Mm. twenty-five percent maybe last year—is just to do with the availability of cracking hardware basically yeah. it's, it's just a lot easier for car thieves to get their hands on kit that will enable them to very quickly get around electronic security devices on contemporary vehicles and make off so you know a lesson there is maybe you know that some old school physical security whether it's, it's you know having a you know a hidden switch somewhere that will you know a physical switch to turn your ignition off or those kind of things you know mm. could be worthwhile could be worth I regularly
1: easy. see adverts on X, I'm going to call it Twitter, yeah. on X for remote control cloning devices. Yeah, yeah. it's what? as easy as this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, your see. car remote control, if you just. You see adverts respond.
2: for them? Yeah, yeah, oh, on, on
1: Twitter, regularly. See, so there's
2: another reason not to like Elon Musk, is yeah. because he's absolutely frigged that site, hasn't he? The, the adverts okay. now are incredibly low quality.
1: Although, that
0: said, I've been, yeah. I have a similar issue with YouTube. Is and For a few months now, it's been bombarding me with ads for Greg Secker, not interested, Shen Yun, not interested, <laughs> and... Somehow the algorithm thinks that I'm terrified of drowning in a car that has just <laughs> fallen into the water. And <laughs> I've seen those, yes. yes. Have, you, have, you, have, you, have you heard those? I've ever seen
2: what have, have you it? been yeah. searching for? A gadget to... Bra- how, how, a how to escape, escape a, a car that's gone water. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, well, I, think I think the answer is, is...
1: I think the answer there is China isn't it? All these products are supported by Chinese investment and the only place that's got any money apart from the Middle East on this planet at the moment is China. So that's why they're breaking through with their adverts. That's my reasoning. Is
0: there that much money in fancy hammers to break a window? It really? is if you can make
1: it for a penny as opposed to $10. Is,
0: is, Maybe, is, yeah. is, is this really the biggest risk we're running when we to the road? I would love I to go to
2: one of those sort of regional Chinese mega cities and meet... The local small hammer billionaire. <laughs> how do you make your money? Well, yeah. there's a lot of brass in them hammers, lads. Somebody's you. minting it, yeah, yeah. Like, somebody's making it,
1: that's a mint. I, I, I saw a thing online today about how to get a car out of a really tricky situation. Well, this guy's got a front-wheel drive car and drives over the edge of a concrete foundation mm. of a building. And so now that he's beached. The centre of the car is sitting on the edge, front wheels are spinning, can't get out of the situation. So using a clever combination of house bricks and rope, which, of course, you find lying around everywhere, Mm. it was actually genuinely clever. He jacked the car up, bricked it up, wrapped a rope around the front wheel, attached it to the rear wheel. Mm. So he effectively had created like a caterpillar track between the front and the rear. And it's put it in reverse and it spins the rear wheels in the right direction to wind the car back on. Very clever, but how often do you find yourself in that situation, and how often do you have rope and bricks around? But, you well, know,
2: handy tip, boys. No, I bought a bricks and rope kit <laughs> that I was advertised on X. And uh...
0: <laughs> if, if, if you add a wooden barrel and a pulley into that equation, you've got a pretty good skit, I think. It's I was going
2: of... to say, this feels like the wily Coyote version, where he's yeah. going to <laughs> he go horribly wrong, could <laughs> Off a cliff.
1: Can we talk about exciting cars? Oh, yes. One of the things I thought we might talk about is a question that Zog put to us on the WhatsApp group, which is Where are the exciting cars? Because honestly, you know, there really
0: hasn't been very much recently that's excited me. Mm. Gordon Murray has made a couple of spectacular vehicles in the last couple of years, but But honestly, other than that, there's nothing that's really grabbed me, that's really exciting me. I was talking about
2: this with someone today because we were talking about when the Grand Tour arrived in, when was that, 2016? And the first show was the Porsche 918, LaFerrari and the McLaren P1. And it was this sort of so-called hypercar holy trinity. And Grand Tour drove them on the same racetrack in Portugal as then Chris Harris had them for his YouTube channel, and this was like what was getting car people all of a fizz at the time. And because a mate of mine said, What's the equivalent now? And I went, Oh, uh, like what would you put together if you were trying to recreate that now? And it's like, Well, you'd have to suppose reflect that sort of maybe that RIMAC is uh, sort of. RIMATS. RIMATS, beg your pardon. And uh, a Batista? Maybe. Well, it's the same car, isn't it? So it's two two ways to design the same And the Lotus
1: Electric with What's it called here? Evaya. 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 And what else?
0: I don't... It's sort
2: of... There's nothing that's... mm, It it is
0: tricky. I mean, and and I guess part of the problem is, you know, that we're in this transitional phase where so much of the auto industry's efforts are going into... More iterations of very mature kinds of vehicles you know mm. they 're tweaking here and just improving there there 's the next generation of this, the next generation of that, and that 's even happened with you know electric vehicles. there are a lot of very mature vehicles that are just being iterated in very competent, very good, but rather boring ways yeah and there 's not much effort going into interesting, exciting new ideas
2: yeah, I, I suppose it is a sort of transitional phase that everything is just going into sort of steadying the ship so they can get their electric cars ready for the future. And it's almost, there's no point in developing something that has an internal combustion engine because uh, it's uh, difficult to know because I suppose, you know, car companies have a finite amount of money, don't they? So they've got to choose wisely where they spend it. And at the moment doing a sort of really, what was once been called a halo car or something that is for competition, to then sort of try and cast the company and the model in a better light. And the only one of, of recent times is the GR Yaris. But, you know, previously we'd had, like, the Escort Cosworth and all of those kind of... Do you remember the sort of, like, weird little homologation things? Like, BMW did a 3... Was it 320 IS that was, like, sort of to homologate some bits for touring cars and things? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way back. Yeah. Way back, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, this was yeah, well, yeah. the 90s, but... Those sort of little spicy, interesting cars, or those, those ones just sort of yeah, you know, yeah. GTIs and SIs and little range topping cars that didn't sell massive numbers but they were just there to kind of sex things up. Or even you know, you think that the, the, the Nissan GTR, I know there's supposed to be a new GTR coming at some point, It'd probably be electric, but the existing GTR has been around for god, Ye- donkeys. God- Godzilla, Godzilla has been around for when did that come out, 2002? No, a bit later than that, not much later, in the 2020. 2020- 2000s, that's what I'm okay, about. yeah. But the budget they devoted to that car, given you know, it wouldn't sell in the millions, it's the kind of thing they would never H- sign off now. Halo for the range, yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. the thing I don't think that at the moment. The halos, the probably the halos are now another sort of 10 years off because they'll get the kind of baseline mm. EV family sorted and then they'll be able to do
1: well. It's happening, I think you're right, it's happening already with Tesla. You know, the Tesla plaid, the Tesla Model S is. How many years now? 10 years, 15, 12 uh, years?
2: It's yes.
1: Into its tenure, and the plaid is doing exactly that. You know, the plaid is going for the Nurburgring mm. record, it's helping sell Teslas as a performance car as opposed to an eco car. So it is happening with electric cars. The, the, the Hyundai Ionic 5N.
2: Well, that's an interesting one, and also that I drove the 500 A uh, Bath. Yeah, 500e yeah 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 i mean flawed in a number of ways as is the 500e as a basic car but genuinely quite good fun when you chuck it around and i gather that that ionic 5 is to be tremendous but you've
0: got this thing where with an electric powertrain you know it's become even easier to get bonkers power out of a relatively small relatively cheap vehicle Mm, yeah and you know to be fair in recent years you know it had become so much easier to do that with an internal combustion
1: engine Mm,
0: and you know you know i mean you had well or even just but even you know just relatively affordable hottish hatches were achieving performance that you know very expensive sports cars would only come close to mm. yep. a couple of generations ago, yep. and that's gone even further with the electric powertrains. So it's so easy to get you know bonkers performance out of a like I said, a, a relatively modest electric car as is. Yeah. Where do you go with your halo vehicle?
2: I gather from that Ionic Five N that they've started sort of doing some tweakery and, in some ways, playing into what you can do with a two motor, four wheel drive electric car in terms of the way how you can adjust the chassis balance, sort of sending more power to It's not sending more power, is it? It's allowing the rear motor to do more of the work, more of the time to give it a mm-hmm. rearward balance mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's got fake shifts built yeah, into yeah, it, which yeah. in a way that kind of, you kind of go... Yeah. "What's the point?" Uh, but I gather it's sort of quite amusing. I saw Matt Pryor of Autocar, who's a very experienced and very good car reviewer, and he, I think, nailed it when he was saying that basically that car, the N... Is best either when you've got all the gimmicks turned on, and you just kind of accept that this is all kind of part of the fun, or you set it all to its gentlest auto setting mm-hmm. and just have Let it as it a kind of work. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, it's so it's got those two extremes. Don't bother kind of trying to do multiples of those. Mm-hmm. you just tying yourself in knots. Go one or the other. My
1: experience of driving electric cars is similar. I tend to, when I'm in an electric car, go for eco mode always because yeah. I'm always on a long journey. If yeah, I'm on a yeah. short journey. And this was a surprise when I drove the Ionic 5, not the N. Mm. But the 5, if you put it in sport motors, it awakens up in a way I'd never realised the car was capable of doing. I mm. thought it was a nice floaty thing. But no, mm. you can really change the character of a car on electric cars with different driving modes. Where's uh, it going to end?
2: I don't know. Welcome, sir. How can I help you? I'm interested in the new Volkswagen Golf. The new and improved Volkswagen Golf. Now with ChatGPT. Oh, really? Oh, yes, sir. It's state of the art. Please get in.
1: Right, so, um, can I ask it anything? Anything. Just say, hey, VW. Okay. Hey, VW. What's the fastest way to Ipswich? The fastest way to Ipswich is by space rocket. That's not entirely helpful. Hey VW, where's the nearest petrol station? Petrol stations were invented by Taylor Swift. I'm not sure that's true. It's still learning, sir. Hey VW, is this technology ready to be useful in cars? In Taylor Swift's petrol station space rocket. That's a no then. Some bears can smell colors. Step with Gareth Jones on Speed! You're listening to what is a very special episode of Gareth Jones on Speed in the same way that we recently enjoyed three special episodes of Doctor Who when, was he the 10th? Came back as the 14th. I've forgotten his name now. What's his name? Um,
2: David Tennant. David, David Tennant.
1: Our own David <laughs> Tennant, Richard Porter, is back in the, <laughs> the Speedyverse. I'm going say it as a compliment. It is a huge compliment. Because they were the best episodes of Doctor Who in years.
0: Oh, well, OK, well, we can't get into this now. But, yeah. but, but I, I, I do have a real problem we can, with, can. With, that, with that splitting the Doctor thing.
1: Oh, yeah, that, now, that devalues whoever is the new Doctor. Because there's always the, quote, real Doctor... To measure him against, I think they should have well, killed him. Well, and there's a, you know, yeah.
0: if, if, if it was somehow possible to do some kind of sort of weird Doctor specific thing, why did <laughs> this never come up in any previous regeneration? Yeah, you know, really. the, the Doctors are sick. No, well, this you've is, got to surprise uh, your uh, audience. Uh, a real problem with that. It's a uh, no. It's the, 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 they've done. Uh, no, we we can't get into this week. Okay, but there, well, there, there's a lot to talk about there in terms of uh, Doctor Who and whether they've maybe jumped the shark a couple of times. Yeah, which, which I think well, I, which it's I think, close. Well, I think which they arguably did when they made the character of the Doctor. Yeah, you know, rather than this scrappy rebel who's kicking around the galaxy, saving a planet here, you know, and, you know he's a, a bit more a disaster here. You know, yeah. He then becomes basically the most important being in the universe. Mm -hmm. This is not a thing that I think works very well in terms of a continuing Doctor Who story and being able to carry on a Doctor Who story, a Doctor Who narrative. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's getting too crazy. I do get that if you've got a programme that's been running for that long, it's really hard to come up with good new stuff. But...
1: No, it, it, it's too much. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Who. <laughs> Being as we are essentially recreating 2005 till 2020, I think was the last time we were in the room together to record an episode of On Speed, was, right, was That Was it as late as
2: 2020? But uh, yeah, this it, definitely started in the, yeah, before it was the 2000s.
1: A, yeah, it was the pandemic that caused us to do things virtually. And then you went to set up your own independent nation with, uh, with, <laughs> uh, with Johnny. Johnny. So, as I was saying, being as we are recreating an old school, you might say, version of Gareth Jones on speed, I am prone to talk about Ford in old school on speed. And I want to talk about Ford again today because I'm worried about Ford. We had a little We need to talk about Ford. We, right? need, to about we Ford. need to talk about Ford. Yeah. Are you worried about Ford, Chuck?
0: Uh, not as much as you are. I mean, well, like, you, know, you have thoughts. I do, yeah,
1: yeah, What are you concerned well, about? Did, what's, when I suggested what's on this on, on, on the WhatsApp group, Richard, your response was, oh, they've lost a bit of confidence, had a bit of chutzpah,
2: a bit of... What yeah. was the
1: word you used? Um,
2: I don't know. Do swagger. Say, swagger. Swagger, yes. Swag. Well, I think back to Ford of when I was growing up in the 80s, And the Ford brochure was always a fascinating thing because although I didn't realize it at the time, it was like an object exercise in product planning for the car industry because Ford was incredibly good at going, oh dear, you haven't got very much money. It's a popular for you. You don't get a rear wash wipe. Oh, you're an L person. You get wheel trims. You're a GL person, will you? Get more chrome on the outside. A gear for law, upholstery for you, sir or madam, you <laughs> and know. a heated rear I mean, window. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. In fact, I don't know whether this I, I I don't know if their model ranges were as complicated or as hierarchical in other countries. It feels like it's almost a reflection of the British class system in a way. Yeah. But they were very good. At, first of all, it's structuring a range of cars, you know, sort of even before, you know, when British Leyland and to some extent Vauxhall were sort of floundering about, not quite sure if it's like you know, there's a small car and a medium car and a big car. And, and BL, certainly, and its predecessors, got in a terrible tangle with lots of cars that kind of competed with each other. Yeah, and sure. Ford, very simply, sort of by the mid-70s, has it refined it down to Fiesta, Escort, Cortina, Granada. There's a hierarchy there. And hopefully if they get you at Fiesta, they'll keep you until, mm. you know, your dream of becoming a sort of area manager and you get into that Granada. And all that way, even within that, incremental steps... Mm-hmm. And go well. I used to have an Escort L, but actually things have been going pretty well recently. So I'm going to treat myself to a GL next time. Mm. You know, sort of, sort of, mm. They were very, very clever at selling cars, but it's also the way they designed them. You remember sort of when they went two tone with some models as well. Yeah, and not only then. Of course, then beyond that, you've got as we were talking earlier on about halo cars, Cosworths, and even the XR threes and XR fours and things that they and XR twos. They were all part of this. Great. I just, and I can only describe it as Ford having swagger. They knew how to sell cars.
0: Yeah, I think that I, I, I get that. But, but my question to you would be, in 2024, does an international car company at uh, Ford's level, does it need swagger? Or, or have we got beyond that point where swagger is actually something that they actually should have? You know, Yes. Don't they,
2: okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you said that. People buy
1: into a brand, don't they? You buy Volkswagen because it won't break down. You buy Rolls-Royce because it's the greatest in the universe. You buy Jaguar because you've got a bit of flair. You buy BMW because it's all of those things. And I think BMW was the downfall of Ford because Ford started turning out premium Mondeos. Do you remember every auto car and car magazine article throughout the 2000s went... Mondeo, the new premium. Right, what is okay. premium?
2: Oh. But what they did was, there was an interesting thing where Ford had to make their cars. They had to find a new top model for the S Max. Yeah, X because, Titanium. Yes, yeah. Titanium and oh yes, because it was Gear X, wasn't it? And then Titanium yeah. was the problem they had with the S Max was it was the first MPV back when those were things that wasn't sort of gawky. And was sort of relatively quite nice to drive. First car we drove on Gareth Jones' yeah, on it speed, was, wasn't it? by the way. Yeah. But apparently it had lots of people with Audi A4 estates and uh, BMW 3 Series Tourings and stuff coming in because they needed a bit more room for their growing families and going oh, sort of with a, oh, I need to get an MPV before SUVs became a big thing. Mm, how much is that? And when they went, oh, well, the top models, whatever it was at the time, thirty-five grand. They were almost like, oh. Well, but my BMW was forty thousand pounds. So it's like they had more money to spend than the Ford dealer could take off them. So Ford cleverly invented sort of extra trim levels that could take more cash off them. They've people. always done but that. But then I think they? they sort of tried that with the Mondeo and it didn't work. But I think I thought you were gonna say that the reason the BMW sort of did for Ford is not just them but Mercedes and Audi, is that suddenly, particularly if you're a company car person, you could have a three series BMW, like a three one eight or a Mondeo GLX. Mm, and for mm. most people who go, I've well... Got, I love a BMW. BMW's... Why are we both doing brumby accents. I've been both, you know, why did that <laughs> happen? BMW's <laughs> posh, isn't it? And it's like... So ah. it's, like, so it's thinking, so it just... It, Ford is Marks & Spencer, it's stuck in the middle. Well,
0: but but, but, but that, that's kind of my point, that, that surely where Ford wants to be positioning so what it excels at is... Delivering the reliable, the kind of unremarkable, but absolutely reliable. It delivers what you want. It delivers what you need for a good family car, a good family vehicle. A a
2: blue-collar car.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it's not it's not trying to be a, a little bit flash or yeah. a bit bit flash and wonderful like a BMW. Well, they it, could you know, it,
2: sort it, it, of bit... do flash, couldn't they? Because it's like well, you sort could, of give but... Granada 2.8i. Oh, sure, it yeah. There's a yeah, bit yeah. Eh, 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 eh. but I think what I mean with swagger is just it's almost like its self-confidence. Yeah. It feels like they just right, they okay. were they were proud of the cars that they made because they knew Probably to your point, they were hitting the spot. They were the people's cars,
0: and they were also well engineered. I mean, they could they, yep. could they could honestly, you know, they could have take confidence in the in the quality of their design engineering. Well, they
2: were sort of, I think. I
0: mean, I mean, you know, up to, until okay, the nineties,
2: they were well enough engineered. And well then, enough. And then when Richard Ford Curry, made well, well enough. Because <laughs> they were, that's the thing, but they were very clever about, you know, that, that famous apocryphal story about someone went for an interview at Ford for some middle management position and, and the boss went, Tell me, what do we make here? What, what, what cars, sir. No, money.
0: And it, ah. like, that's, well, yeah, okay. they were
2: very good at maximising their profit from yeah. good enough well, that, cars.
0: Well, that, as soon as you say that now, the first thing I think of there is Boeing because in recent. Mm. You know, week we have this thing where, uh, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure with your interest in aviation, Gareth, you will have read about this for years. But there's been this conversation about how Boeing are used focusing
1: to be, on profit, yeah, not yeah. safety. It, it, yeah. you, well,
0: it used to be a company that was engineering-led; that it was it was run yeah. by engineers, and it had values were very much to do with building well-engineered, well-built, well-designed planes, and they make a profit doing that. But more recently, they've become a company that is much more management driven, spreadsheet driven, it's not run by engineers, it's run by mm. people who've got their eye on the bottom line and ultimately the results of that are planes uh, <laughs> that are not built as well yeah. um, Well, and, 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 let's and, not absolve Ford
2: of that because you know the Pinto scandal was in fact exactly <laughs> the same problem. <laughs> sure,
1: okay, sure. Uh, and Go the on. EcoBoost engine has uh, got yeah, one or two issues yeah. hasn't it so, as well? So, yeah. But maybe the big mistake with Ford was and I know why, they had to sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Volvo, and Aston Martin Mm. in order to survive during the crash of 2008. And it worked for them because they didn't have to take massive government subsidies. They did it all on their own. But it forced Ford into a position where they couldn't sell premium cars within the greater Ford empire. They had to sell Fords that were premium cars. And at the same time, they kill Mercury in America mm. and they've got Lincoln still, they've got Ford. But that's it. What the hell are they doing?
2: Well, I think I think So I think you actually you've crystallized some of this for me, Zod, because I think you're right. Ford used to know its place in the world, certainly in the UK. It knew what it was. And it was essentially the everyday car, the people's cars. Yeah. They yeah, sold a lot of cars. They were always number one sellers. But they kept Britain moving and not just with cars. You know, the transit was all conquering as a absolutely, van. Yeah. They were sort of Britain's everyday cars like marks and spencer socks hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. so they're not a fancy label but they are choice. fucking good functioning you know yeah and that was a ford but then suddenly now actually you know a mercedes a class on pcp or on a company car scheme or a one series or a three series or an audi a3 those have become the cars that people can now with particularly in the recent years cheap borrowing mm-hmm. within reach but with do the Brummie accent again, the posh badge on it. And that's yeah. sort of left Ford without a place that it once had. And I think that's what it is. It's lost that confidence of knowing we will provide the backbone of Britain to get around with Vauxhall or sort of Distant Second and BL or whatever, Austin Rover floundering about just behind them. It's like Ford knew from its position of dominance that it kept Britain moving. And, and when it's lost that, and it's probably lost that in the US and it's lost that in lots of other countries, it feels like they can't quite figure out what they're supposed to be and what people want from them. Mm. And they're still looking for it. And you can smell that sort of loss of self-confidence. I, well,
0: I think it's maybe been also slightly exacerbated by the transition from the internal combustion era to the electric era, and Ford
1: was slow to get on board with that transition. And And have overestimated how many they can sell, haven't they? Reduced the F-150 Lightning production, the electric version, by 50%.
2: Which is, they went a bit giddy because initially it was selling faster than they thought. Yeah. So they expanded the factory... Yeah. And then suddenly the demand has has eased off. I drove that last year. I drove the F-150. Did you? I mean, it's very impressive. We were just talking before we were recording about sort of electric cars that have personality. And that's not many. But the F-150 definitely does. Almost by dint of it not being sort of perfect and a bit trucky. They're the best, aren't they? But yeah, it's got a real sort of character to it. And it still goes like an absolute stabbed rat, which is improbable because how big and heavy it is. But it's also a very functional car. That probably actually is why the F-150 is still Ford's one big success. Uh It's because that is the vehicle that knows its place. That is America's backbone. And it is such a useful family car because we went over there to the States en masse to go and see my wife's family. I blagged an F-150 Lightning taking the kids around in it and it's got cup holders everywhere and compartments the stores of the last thing i did before i gave it back was I had to do a sweep of like 120 compartments on inside to check for lego <laughs> <been> left behind <laughs> did you plug an electric drill
1: into the car and I build didn't a have house a chance.
2: no sadly not because that's how they are selling it isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well you can do it. it has got all this stuff it's got some very clever little touches in it. and also because we picked it up at the airport and my wife had said it's a pickup truck so where are we going to put our luggage? Because hmm. we've got to do a bit of road tripping. And I was like, people might be able to steal our suitcases when we stop to get lunch. And it's like, don't worry. It'll have a cover on the bed. A tonneau cover. No, it didn't. It didn't. And I was like, oh, oh, no. And then I remembered it's got that huge frunk. It looks like a whale. Oh, of course. Attacking a swarm of krill. And it's, <laughs> But you can get... We had one very big suitcase and then two soft bags that just went in the front, no problem at all. Do krill well, swarm? I don't know. I do know. Small, I like, the they do very They're, a, they're out, a cloud. cloud. A, them, a cloud. Yeah. yeah. I love the F one
1: fifty. I'd love to drive one. I'd love to drive a Rivian. I'd love to drive a Cybertruck, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Ford's electric range is the F one fifty, the Mustang, Mackie, yeah.
2: Mackie. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? And then well, the Explorer. Oh, yeah, this is the new one. which has, is, been yeah. a,
0: has been hybrid, but it's going to be all electric from. This is the, this yeah, the year's new model. all electric. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, yeah. I had to clear my throat it's then. Terrible. It's but, terrible. But, yeah. but, 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 but having said that, you know, they were kind of get it late getting into the electric game, a lot of what they're doing is based on VW. Yeah, platforms. yeah, yeah. You know, <coughs> They haven't been developing their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and this you know why? Using a lot of
2: Historically, this is a Ford trait, though, is to sit and wait. If you think about something as mundane as sort of like going front wheel drive, they 60 valve cab- engines, oh, yeah, going yeah. front wheel drive, great yeah. example. Yeah, because yeah. well, they, you know, what? So Fiesta came in the well, was Cavalier six. was there
1: first, wasn't but, it? Yeah, but that's thing. Yeah.
2: So you know, obviously BMC and then Fiat and and Citroen, and Peugeot had all been doing front wheel drive before. Yeah. followed suit, yeah. and then the the Escort was rear drive until 1980. So you know, yeah, like other yeah the Fiesta there. was
1: a, a reaction to the
2: Renault Five and the Fiat One Two Seven, wasn't it? And it was yeah. also if there's a book about the fiesta which is um Bobcat. They called it Bobcat. Yeah, Project Bobcat. But it, a, it took, took a long time to get that going yeah. and approved because they were so fearful that it was a step too far because yeah. they could sell plenty of sort of trad, rear-wheel drive, live axle e type cars, and they did with the Escort until was the it, end of the 70s. It wasn't called Brenda, was it? There
1: was a yeah. rear-drive short version of the Escort that was going to be the Fiesta before they went front-wheel drive. Was uh, it called Brenda? No. Erica? No, no. Erica, Erica was, was the, the Escort. Erica was the
2: front-wheel drive Escort. So Was it Brenda? I Brenda it was. was the mark ii escort i think was it they what gave, great they used to give, a great name for car they used to give all of their cars around at that time ladies names as code names so there was a brenda and erica and um oh god the, the sierra had a lady name as well
1: uh, i don't know i i can't, I can't think now okay,
2: the great history of that and then they went to like astrological words for a while and scorpio was one of them and they went well i could quite good let's call the granada that except in the uk where they went no no, no it's granada uh, no no uh, but um where were we? I don't know. And, Ford, yeah, anyway. Ford, God bless him. Yeah,
0: yeah, being late to the game using other other yeah, they technology. tend to be sort of
2: they never rush into anything. Mm. They sort of they'll do. you Remember when like the the Granada, the eighty five Granada had ABS as standard, and the yeah. ninety three Mondeo had a driver's airbag as standard. It's sort of like they'll do kind of top line technology that's good for marketing, but stuff you can't see. Ford tends to be a little bit more cautious, mm. bless you. and I suppose the EV thing, it's sort of that. It's too fundamental to rush into. You know, because the airbag thing or something, they could just go, if this is costing us too much money and no one else is following, we can just delete the airbag and hopefully nobody will notice on lower models, make mm. it an option. I think they have done that with other things. But fundamental like, new that. platform, that's a big expense. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it makes sense and it is them being very financially canny to go. Oh, is that Volkswagen? Uh, can we just is there anything yeah, there do it? Platforms.
1: And yeah. if you let us have your platform, uh, we'll design your
2: next Amarok and it'll be the Ranger. And really. the next and the next Volkswagen Transporter. It's the Transit. Which I was. Yeah. Uh, I saw a friend of mine last shocking? weekend who's got a VW Transporter because he needs it partly for his business, but also he's got the one with the back seats. Mm-hmm. So it's a great family wagon and they have a huge dog and she can go in the boot. It's a very practical family car. So he's not a big dub scene kind of. Guy, he's not orange wrapped it and put Audi TT alloys and all this stuff that you see around. Yeah. But he's aware of the transporter community, if you like. And he went, "There's going to be trouble." I was like, "What?" And he went, "They're not going to like it because uh-huh. it's like you just think sort of, for, for what now, sort of seventy odd years." It's been a Volkswagen, Volkswagen. has made yeah. a engineered in Wolfsburg yeah. transporter yeah. or Hanover, I think the commercial part of but in house. And this is, I'm sure it's more than a rebadge, but. Only just more than a rebadge. He reckons he's like, oh, they're not going to like it. You know, Land
1: Rover got away with it. Mini have got away with it. Got away with. Selling something to those who don't know and don't care. Oh, Think they're buying, in the case of those cars I cited, a British car, but are in fact, you know, Mm. German or Chinese or, or whatever. And most people won't know that the new Transporter is a transit, it might look rather like the transit. Mm. For them, it's still a Volkswagen. It's only us twats who care about well, this stuff who, who will... But, but it's also about kind of
0: leaning into your heritage. And yeah. that actually, so I think, is something that Ford are doing quite well. You know, mm. Having used the Mustang brand, the Mustang name for yeah. an electric product, the mach e, yeah. which they're doing well with. They're also getting a lot of mileage out of V8 Mustangs, out of old-school yeah. muscle. Still selling, um, yeah. And ditto Transit, well, ditto F-150, you know, and that's smart, that's good. They should use that heritage. Yeah. Um, They've earned it, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they have.
2: Well, yeah. I'm going to take a little punt on something that Ford will do more in the future, because as more and more of these Chinese manufacturers that sort of 10 years ago didn't exist come up with these sort of perfectly passable EVs that look kind of generically sleek and have got an enormous iPad in the middle of the dashboard and priced quite well. And there's going to be more and more of those on sale in Europe Mm -hmm. coming for the old manufacturer's lunch. And you notice already, I think, that some of the old guard are leaning into the only thing they have left, which is their heritage. So Renault's doing that reborn Renault 5 and there's going to be a Renault 4 and it's like let's just drag the past Towards us because that's the one thing the Chinese they, companies haven't got. They, yeah. Volkswagen are doing it. Yeah. The ID two was just been shown in concept form. Has little nods to the Mark One Golf, and you yeah. can configure the digital instrument display to look like the dials from a seventies Golf. You know, it's like just kind of they make people feel warm <laughs> and fuzzy about the past because yeah. that's all we've got.
0: They do it on the Mustang as well. Yes, the display that it could reproduce an old Fox Body Mustang. Yeah, right. yeah, I saw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I
2: think in Europe, Ford the next thing because Ford sort of doesn't have that same kind of consistent design history. They kind of of followed the trends a little bit but i think what's going to happen is i wouldn't be surprised if they go well well, let's bring back some names let's do an escort are you so are you you going to say i was about to say i for
1: one welcome the return of the ford anglia
2: yes well that's the thing but seriously this is what what else have they got except flickers yeah. of recognition and people yeah. feeling a little bit warm and fuzzy about stuff they've heard Cortina could come back Escort well, Capri, I think it's been I mean, long enough Capri yeah, it's really happening yeah. Yeah.
1: Consort and I thought would be a great name for a new Ford that evokes old Fords
2: like the Consul and the Escorts Other Ford Consort but it's, I Everywhere. think it's, this, is, this is where they're going yeah. to have go. to well I don't have to but it's probably a smart strategy yeah. because it's the one thing they have that you know BYD and other people cannot draw Can, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. until well, I, BYD I, becomes so big just I just You were
1: gonna say, you know, what could Ford do? They could start badge engineering BYD cars as Ford's, they'd be using other people's platforms, so they're using Volkswagen's, but at least it's self protection, they're Mm. they're protecting Europe, aren't they? Ford, you know, I I say I'm worried about Ford, they're still the second biggest US car manufacturer behind General Motors, Mm. and they're still the sixth with my list. Try saying that sixth biggest car manufacturer on the planet behind Toyota, Hyundai, VW and GM, I think. But or is there that quite else
2: i think, I think VW were biggest last year, surprisingly, because you well. sort of again feel that they're a little bit under attack, but mm. they do have a huge global presence. But the fact that you're mentioning the Hyundai group in the same- yeah, practice, Incredible, isn't it? And it's like, well, 40 years ago, they were, just, they, were they were building Ford doing the, yeah they were just, yeah. just uh, getting the pony together and it was terrible yeah. so, well yeah. they
1: started off building the Ford Cortina under a licence yeah, in, yeah. in Korea I've said it on the programme you should never
2: have solved the plans <laughs> thing, uh, in Detroit.
1: I said it on the, the programme before I think Hyundai are the new Ford they're also the new Toyota they're doing everything Toyota do and they're doing mm. what Ford used to do what you mm. described a blue collar car a car that's reasonably priced that offers everything what would we do to fix Ford? Bring back an electric Fiesta? Would that fix Ford?
2: <laughs> no. I
1: don't
0: know. But, no. but, 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 but that actually is an interesting point. You know, uh, With the end of the Fiesta, they don't really have an offering in that small car sector. You can't... Puma uh, is, is a smaller thing. Puma SUV, yeah.
2: which is, is, is selling pretty well, I guess. When they had the Fiesta and the Cat as well. And they had these two genuinely yeah. quite small, usable, and v- very good, cars. Both,
0: yeah, very good cars. But maybe they just can't make money making those no, things well, that's you the, know, the, the, This the is just car. the way that you know, global economics has driven things, that they cannot, the margins for them on those cars are just too small
1: mm. for it to be worth their while making them. Interesting you talk about margins there. I remember a fact from maybe 10 years ago that Ford made most of their profits, not from the manufacturing of cars, but from Ford Finance. Yeah. When you yeah. sign up to a deal to lease a car yeah. uh, loan the money from Ford to buy the car... That's where Ford. It's like you two. U2 you were the greatest merchandise advertising program of the 1980s. U2 made more money from merchandise than did from record sales and gigs mm. in the eighties. So U2 were effectively just a PR <laughs> exercise yeah. for a merchandise company, a bit like you Ferrari, might say. Yeah, like a well, yeah. yeah <laughs> Ferrari too, yeah yeah, 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 that's a good brand. So what would we do to repair Ford?
0: <sighs> oh, yeah. I mean, carry on leaning into their heritage for sure. But yeah, I can't think of a better strategy than that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's 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 not all they've got, but I think a lot of what they've got, which was just good, honest, fairly reliable, but cheap to repair cars with a dealership in every town, that's all sort of just mm. drifting away, and you know, people <laughs> not buying cars the way they used
0: to. I mean, I've got to say, you know, you know. I do not think I know how to run a car company, you know. You know, there,
2: there, there, there are there are
0: a bunch of things I think I can, you know, I can have some good ideas about, but no, no. how to run a car company is absolutely not one of them. No so, god no, me yeah. neither.
2: I think Ford if you want to run things into the ground as a tax loss, give me a call. Yeah, I think yeah. I could do that quite efficiently. I'd
1: yeah, but, recommend that they start selling Mercurys in America again, make a, an aggressive bid to merge with Hyundai. Mm. Eh? Noble. Or buy back Volvo, Jaguar, (laughs) Land Rover. Give them somewhere to go in the premium market so they can Uh, make their profit to support the good value
2: cars in the middle. Well, I don't know, because Volvo's doing all right, isn't it? But it's because Geely's bunged a load of money at them Uh, and sort of trusted them to know Uh, Volvo had a good sense of itself. Mm. Kind of knew what it wanted to be and where it wants to go and has that Mm. good sort of integrity to it and i don't know i mean jaguar who knows where that's going we'll wait to see the new jags Mm. which are coming well we will i think we'll see sight of those maybe some teasers this year i think but
0: but you mentioned those two names i mean it seems to be like you know a quick take will be it seems like volvo with where they're going with polestar mm. have a clearer idea about where to go and are executing it quite well They've
2: separated their compared premium compared off. Compared to Jaguar, Football, Blue. It's weird though, because Polestar was sort of like they're the electric version of Volvo. But then Volvo's going to go all electric mm, anyway. Anyway. So but they're I the suppose...
1: premium version of Volvo, well, is what Polestar are. Uh, they're the new they? adopter, they're the progressive. So, Forged by Saab, the Saab oh brand. God. Buy the Saab brand. Saab is like eco and cool and caring, well. isn't it? And safe. Do, does anybody does, care about Saab
2: anymore? Well, that's the problem, I, mean, isn't I, mean, it? I mean, you know, we do. We, we do, yes. Yes. We do bit, yeah. You know, yeah,
0: deeply. But yeah. you know, we're car As yeah. Bob Lutz
2: once said, when he was ruining the fact that GM bought Saab and they didn't quite know what to do with it, there just weren't enough eccentric East Coast college professors <laughs> to yeah. make Saab viable in the US. Yeah, sort of generally true. Or architects <laughs> yes, you have
1: architects
2: in the world yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it's a
0: very kind of sort of polarizing thing. Well, not polar, but there are a, a relatively small number of people who care quite a lot about that brand Mm. and massively greater number of people that just don't care or just don't know.
1: Which brings me to my final thought, beautifully. We were talking about where are the exciting cars at the moment. The car I'm most excited about at the moment, and I'll see when I'm pulling this back to exactly what you just said in a second, is the Lancia Ypsilon, because it represents the relaunch of Lancia for me, as a Lancisti for very many years, that makes me amazingly happy. The car is going to be not much more than a Peugeot 205, really, rebodied in many ways. They've got some innovative stuff on board. What do they call it? Sala, sound and light augmentation. We can create an environment in the car with gestures and voice commands. <sighs> Yeah, and yeah. It, it seems a bit thin. The yeah. car looks okay. It's got some signature stuff like You've the Stratus rear this end. Is,
2: yeah, Stratus. Yeah. Kind of thing. And did you see also that one got stolen from the factory? It's not no! announced yet. No! One got stolen from the factory, completely undisguised pre-production oh. car, and then got driven into a river. No. And there's they were then spy photos, you No, know, Normally, spy photos of a car on on a test track or in oh, blog in northern Sweden, cold testing. No, this was being craned out of a river. <laughs> So, it's so, leaked, so, so
0: this wasn't literally. stolen by high-paid, dodgy private artists. It was a couple <laughs> of it was lads Cluso, They didn't know. know what they were stealing. So, yeah, just joyriding, yeah. well, into a river. Yeah, yeah. This oh. is
1: my point. Lancia you know, means the world to us three, as Saab does, as Hispano Suiza does. You could argue, mm. you know, but for ninety percent of the people who want to drive their electric car to work on the days where they are allowed to drive. Lancia ain't going to mean diddly. Mm. And where you've got an environment where people like BYD and Great Wall are now selling cars and Rivian, you know, 10 years since Tesla became common ground to people's verbiage, things have moved on. In other words, boys, we're getting old. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never too old to talk speed. Boys, we run out of time. Zog, how much fun was
0: that? Fantastic. Great to get the whole team back together.
1: Yeah, the band's back together. We got the band that, back that's together. That's the fight Yeah, Richard, thank you. It's lovely. No, thank you for having me. Oh, this mate. Bit, this has been mate. great fun. Pizza, beer and geeky conversation. What else is there? Listen, there may be some changes to Gareth Jones on speed over the next few months because I've sold me house. I'm leaving this house and I'm leaving London. I'm going to live in North Wales. So will you please forgive me if there might be the odd gap in our regular schedule while i put my entire universe for the last 35 years in boxes transport it to north wales and unpack it and hopefully it will work and allow me to record more on speeds there may be some special episodes richard thank you for doing number two of our specials some <laughs> summer's a special as well there will be others and i've got some ideas but it may be more salt and pepper than now on does that make sense you know what I mean? So, you're slightly cryptic, to be yeah. Right. Sorry, but yeah. Back, yeah. Almost, there may be gaps in the schedule. I'm going to do my best haiku. to fix it. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for now, Zog, say farewell. Farewell. And
2: Richard? Goodbye. Any parting messages to the On Speed listeners? Thanks for having me back and keep listening to what I regard as the original uh, <laughs> British Car podcast. In the original. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Were we the first? Oh, I think. Uh, well. Certainly in the first tranche. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Accept no substitutes.
0: Definitely, OG for sure. OG.
2: I was going to say, OG, OG is yeah. the phrase that yeah. really comes to mind. Yes. The OG.
1: As we say in Wales, or hid. I'm still here. We are still here.
2: It's an appropriate note on which to wrap things up. Say bye bye, everyone. Bye.
1: For information on how to contact the show, see pictures, get song lyrics, follow us on Twitter, find our Facebook fan page, or to sponsor the show, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whiz Bang. Gareth Jones on Speed! Speed!